0: What the heck is up, you guys, and welcome back to the Maker Made Podcast, episode 26. I'm Tyler, joined as usual by my boy, Doggy. What up, what up? And let's get right into the show, baby. Doggy, okay. how are you today, sir?
1: I am doing fantastically. Fantastic. Amazing. swell. Can- good. Good. I don't know if you can tell. Well, the listeners can't because they are just listening and not watching. Uh, <laughs> but I'm in an office because I closed in my house last week and Woo! I moved in. The first thing I had to do was get the podcast studio up and running. So hopefully the audio is good. I don't know if it's echoing a little bit or not. Got to get some stuff up on the wall still. But yeah, glad to be here.
0: That's the fun thing about podcasts is we don't even know if uh, the recording's going to sound good or bad until we're done exporting it and putting it into our editing software. And then we're like, oh, cool. We just wasted an hour and a half of our lives for no reason. But uh, your setup looks pretty tight, dude. Those signs in the background look dope, and uh, yeah. maybe we should uh, maybe we should start recording video. Do you think anyone would care to see that?
1: Yeah how do we uh, how do we chop the audio? Then Do we just chop all three of them together. Uh, I
0: don't know. That's a good question. I actually Let's don't know anything it. about that.
1: Just like I do all of my projects, just fire from the hip, and wing it. <laughs> see what yeah, you yeah,
0: because I, I, I think we can like we can export. I don't know, we'll, we'll figure out the details later now, it's not the time for that, but uh, yeah, excited for you to have a, a good space to get to recording again, and uh, I've actually made some exciting office moves myself, I'm still in the same one, but uh, we had a, a bed in here, we talked yeah, about that I, a little bit, yeah. I slept in it. Doggy's familiar with the bed for sure, but uh, we pulled that thing out, and I'm going to have so much more space in here, so I can finally set up, I think I talked briefly a couple episodes ago about a shipping area. Um, And I mean, I I have so much more space now, so I'll be making a bigger desk, I'll be making a shipping station, I'll have some more storage in here, and then we can finally kind of have a shipping operation in in one area, rather than working in multiple rooms of the house and creating a disaster. Yeah, Yeah. and honestly making a mess, because that's what I do, because... I'm not very organized at times, but uh, hopefully this will be a good push to keep everything nice, clean, and tidy, and it'll also make things prettier in here because as of right now, I just have a shelving rack behind me with some templates that are pre-cut and random junk in the background. So it'll be cool and to have a all nice ones setup. Those that have
1: sold already, or are those like extras?
0: No, these are ones like experimental ones, like these ones up here, are, like handle templates that I tried and did not work out very well. And then I have like some of the most popular ones here that are ready to ship at at all times. But uh, it's kind of weird. I mean, I don't love keeping stock on hand, but it is nice when someone orders a or places an order for just one or two templates, and I can just pull it right off the rack and ship it. Okay, but mail uh, the next day, right? But sometimes I have to like uh, wait till I. Can get out and cut them, you know. But the laser will be really nice, actually. That's one thing I'm most excited about using the laser instead of the CNC, um, is that it's going to be so much easier to use partial sheets of acrylic. So, like, if someone wants one template and I have to go cut it, I can cut out that one template really easily, load it up onto the laser, have it cut it out. Whereas the CNC, I need to have a hold down method for the acrylic and all that mm-hmm. stuff, which complicates things heavily. Um, so that's a huge bonus of using okay. the laser. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a cool sure thing for sure. But, uh, what you've been up to in the, the new Casa, I know you've been kind of guns blazing since you moved in.
1: The new Casa has been busy, busy, busy. So I got the shop, uh, kind of situated everything where I want it to be. So it's a 25 by 30 wired shop, uh, with a hundred amp service. So, I have plenty of room on the breaker because it has its own panel separate from the house.
0: That's awesome.
1: So I'm pumped. Everything's where I want it to be. I just have to uh, get 220 out there, which I already have a dual 30 amp breaker uh, in the shop with no outlet. So I just got to run all the wires and call an electrician, a guy guy I know out here, and he's going to plug it into the panel for me and nice up and running i also gotta get ac out there um which is on the short list i need that asap
0: yeah i've uh, i feel like I, i've been having a this whole past week or so i've been experiencing the weather that you're gonna have all not a year long but half of your year i'm sure yeah it's been, like, between 95 and 105 degrees with, like, 40 to 70% humidity. It's freaking terrible, dude. I hate the humidity.
1: Yeah. What was it? Uh, Today, it was – I woke up and I was outside throwing the ball with Willie at, like, 8 a.m., and it mm-hmm. was, like, 85 and 75% humidity. Um, so, right now, we're it's... sitting at 93, 60% humidity feels like 107. So, it's hot. Um. I'm trying not to spend a ton of time outside, uh, which is tough because I'm trying to dig that French drain for the mm. shop, which is another shop improvement that I'm going to do, which, do you want me to go into what that entails?
0: Yeah, I don't care. Um, I'd
1: love to hear about it. So, so, you know, like the big laundry utility sinks, like the big white ones? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to get one of those. And... I've got a hose spigot on the house. So just to clarify, the the garage is detached. It's not not connected to the house. Um, So I'm going to run a Y splitter off of my spigot for the hose. Bury that hose in PVC. uh, Run it all the way to the shop. Up to the faucet. So I'll have like cold water. uh, And then I'm digging a French drain for the actual drain of the sink which will be like three feet deep. I'm actually going to do two home Depot buckets. One's going to be half filled with pebbles. The other one's going to be inside of it, half filled with pebbles and lots of holes in it. So the water drains and yeah, that way I have running water ish in the shop. Um, and I don't need it all the time. I really have never absolutely needed it.
0: Uh, but it's Mm -hmm. nice
1: little, a quick, quick hand wash, uh, Oh, yeah, and, uh, for sure. Be able know, to
0: rinse off whatever you – you know if you have something or need to thin out some paint or there's a ton of things that that would come in clutch for. Especially because otherwise they would have to run inside of the house to the kitchen um, mm-hmm. or the to,
1: to spigot outside. So it's just going to be super convenient. And uh, the one downside is the ground is really hard. It's like clay. Um, oh, and yeah. And
0: three feet deep, that's intense.
1: That's just for the bucket. But the trench – has to be at least 18 inches deep uh, because that's the freeze line. So that anything mm. shallower than that can freeze. But I don't know if that really matters because it's just a hose. Um, but, and I'll shut it off during the winter. I just won't use water out there. Um, hmm. But regardless, if I'm going to do it, I ought to just do it right the first time. And uh, for sure. Uh, yeah. So, those are my big projects, uh, but other than that, it's been a lot of home projects. Um, if you if you follow my page, it's a lot of like DIY stuff, like drywall patching. Uh, I'm gonna be running some
0: electrical tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about that drywall patching job and the stellar uh, the craftsmanship that came along with it? Yeah, you want to? just read some of the comments off of my post
1: today. <laughs> um,
0: Give me one. Give me a good one. Do you have one and- handy?
1: Uh, yeah, the guy just commented it, so it'll be easy to find. Uh, but yeah. So, correct. quick
0: backstory. Doggy was uh, trying to do some DIY drywall repair, and um, he was very much so exposed for being a DIYer. Yes,
1: yes. You can go see
0: the post at Dogwood Custom Builds on Instagram if you want to see what we're talking about.
1: Yeah, so I, uh, let's see, the one from Troy Brown said, I'd fire your ass if your patchwork looked like that. <laughs> And I said, good thing I don't work for you. Also, wait a minute. He said, I'd fire your ass if your patchwork looked like that. Well, like, my patchwork looks like that. <laughs> like, like, that's what it looks like. Um, oh, it also. was so this was rough. The worst, this is the worst repair I've ever seen. I'm going to say same. <laughs>
0: Oh, dude, I literally, you sent that video to me. So backstory, I think we've talked about it many times. Uh, Doggy and I send our posts back and forth to each other before we post them, make sure they're uh, halfway decent. And Doggy didn't preface with, hey, I'm posting this as like kind of like a a PSA to to pay for the professionals, basically. But he just sent me the video and I was like, dude, that is literally one of the worst patch jobs I've ever seen in my life. And he was like, that's the point. And I was like, oh, thank God.
1: I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I meant to show off because <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> um, no, but it was a, it was like an eight by eight square, or like six by eight, so it was pretty big. Um, and that method works. I'm just not good at the the mudding part like that. I'm yeah, just not good yeah. At it, so,
0: well, I mean, you can just, I mean, tr- to be honest with you, you could just take your sander to it, sand it smooth, do one more like flood coat basically, like, and basically. it would be fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: kind of the everyone's like, oh, it's the worst patch job. Like, well, I'm not, it's not done yet; <laughs> it's not painted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: so I yeah, I hear you for sure. That was it's kind of good. The my favorite part was the uh, the comment I had to you, and then your response. Let me see if I can pull that up. And then
1: I did like the uh, while you're pulling that up, the uh, paper towel trick. We just throw a paper towel in there as a backer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I have, commented. The best part is being able to laugh at yourself, and then you said it is critical in moments like these <laughs> <If you laughs> critical in all capitals
1: s- if you take yourself too seriously, it's just exhausting,
0: yeah, for sure, yeah, that's uh definitely a little fun fun post brought out some trolls, hopefully your post does well that usually does
1: yeah, they do those types
0: of so. People. So, Doug, what's uh other than the drain? Are you doing any kind of like serious shop planning? Like, do you have everything in its spot so far, or is yeah, so there still some arrangement?
1: Everything is where I want it to be in terms of tools. I
0: just don't have like power to the big tools yet. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's on two twenty? Your table saw is not two twenty, is it? Yep. Table saw, bandsaw, planer, and oh, wow. So um, everything important. Everything except for the drum sander. <laughs> <laughs> Everything except my cordless tools. <laughs> I
1: should do some YouTube cool. series of uh, how to make a cutting board with just a drum sander.
0: <laughs> so are you uh, are you seriously going to be going with AC? I know you, you mentioned it. So is that something that's really on the list that you'll be pursuing here in the next coming weeks? Or
1: Yeah, so I had the, the HVAC guy that came, uh, cleaned out the AC and kind of inspected it. And I was asking him. And he was like, I can get you a better unit than Mr. Cool for cheaper. Um, Hmm. And then also, oops. And then also said, um, it pulls like two amps overnight when you're running it, like whatever, kind of like low. And if you have like doors open running full blast, it's about six amps. So, relatively low draw. Um, And so, hopefully, won't increase the electrical bill too much. But,. At this point, it's just—it's a necessity. It's so hot out there. Um, Oh
0: yeah, if I especially like—I mean, you don't—you're not necessarily in a two-car garage anymore. You got that extra ten feet in width, right? Because I think a two-car garage is about twenty by twenty. You're in twenty-five by thirty, right? Yeah. So I think that that to me is like a perfect size shop. Like that's a perfect one to two man shop in my opinion. And if I was in that scenario, I would totally have no problem coughing up the, the change to uh, put in an AC unit and something like that. Cause you're going to be there for a while. Obviously it's your first house. You'll settle your feet. I think you're contractually obligated to be out there for what? Three more years.
1: Three years, total minimum uh, up to pretty gotcha. much as many as I can do. Um, yeah. So I think
0: it's totally worth it, dude.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of where I'm leaning, but we'll uh we'll kind of see what that cost is for it first. Right. Um and yeah. then my dust collector, that's the big one. Uh, cuz I owe, Oh, right. I owe Rockler a YouTube video for that one. So Oh, wow. I um everything the shop is organized enough where I could film a YouTube video. I just want to put the uh lights up and then I'll do that. Oh, yeah, that's
0: huge. Lights are huge. Those are pretty easy, too. You have the same ones that I have, right, that are just normal plugins, and they can all be chained together and whatnot? I believe so. I reckon so. (laughs) Yeah. That's cool, dude. I'm excited. It sounds like you'll be uh, ready to party here in the near, 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 near future. Hopefully in the next two weeks. Mm Mm-hmm. Any, uh, I mean, I guess you probably don't really have any projects going on now, do you? I got projects going
1: on. Uh, I'm getting some Rubio in the mail, that black. I had messaged you about all right, we, we had a phone call because I've never used Rubio before. Mm-hmm. And, Love uh, Rubio. Yeah, my my parents when they visited a couple weeks ago, they brought the table they bought in their first house, little like thirty two inch round diameter table, mm-hmm. maple pop, and it's an ash base, uh, which is kind of funny. I never noticed that, you know, at home. It was just always in the <laughs> but they brought it here. I'm going to sand it, do Rubio black because my kitchen is all black and white and gray. So I think that'll be a good, a good look. And then what else? That floating fireplace. I'm trying to decide if I want to wait until I have my table saw to do the cabinet stuff, or if I can just do it with the track saw.
0: Hmm. Normally,
1: I would might just be wing tough. It, wing it with the track saw. Uh, the downside is, a half-inch sheet of plywood is set $62, and I don't want to waste it. <laughs> uh,
0: <but laughs> That's smart.
1: So I'm kind of in an in-between thing there. But yeah. Cool. That's what I'm up to. But mainly small projects right now. Once I get settled, got some fun epoxy stuff that I want to try. And yeah. How about you? What you got in the queue?
0: So last week, it's so hard for me because I have like such like a the only things in my brain are like what's actively going on right now. So I feel it's so weird like trying to recap my past week on the show because I want to make sure I don't forget anything. But uh, I actually just recently had picked up a table that I refinished, Um, super nice high quality table. uh, This client got at a. An auction house or something for super cheap. I can't remember the brand off the top of my head, but it's it's a similar brand of those tables that I told you that lady gets that she had me make those bases for. Um, so super high quality, all hardwood throughout. It was, uh, I think, five foot round top maple um, with a really cool pedestal type base on it. And they wanted to do a to refinish on the top. They wanted to put a darker brown color um, on the maple and then a cotton white, bright white base on it. And, super simple job, thankfully, paint sprayer to spray the base. Um, no big deal at all. And then the real work was sanding the existing finish off the top, which was a pain in the butt, but it actually went by really quick using the Mercaderos with an 80 grit sandpaper and, you know, working through the grains. And then I actually used for probably the biggest application so far, my square four by three surf prep sander mm, on yeah. the, uh, the edging on the table. It kind of had like a what is that like French Roman OG or whatever? Oh a, yeah. So like some tight contours and interesting little grooves. And that thing did a really good job. Honestly, I was pretty impressed with it. Nice. Yeah. And and it, it was so cool. I wish I would have gotten some content around it, but um, I didn't unfortunately, but it was like I said, a super pretty maple top and it took the stain really well. And then the nice white base was really awesome. That's cool. Um,
1: maple doesn't typically stain very well anyways.
0: No, you're totally right. And that was kind of a concern I had um, once I realized it was maple. You couldn't even tell it was maple with the existing finish on it. But once I sanded it back and it was real full-blown, totally nice hardwood. Um, And I I did a really good job sanding it. Honestly, like I really took my time between each grit, blew it all off. Yeah, not to pat myself on the back. (laughs) But uh, I really did. I wanted to make sure it looked really well. And good sanding really goes a long way with the way a project takes finish. I mean, you know how that goes. Yeah, um, and and it luckily went on really well. And I used uh, one of my favorite stains when I do have the use stain, which is uh, General Finishes Gel Stain. So I literally just slap on a glob of, and then use a plastic spreader to spread it around as much of the surface as I can. And then I come back with a paper towel, rub it all around, and uh, wipe off the excess. And it turned out so good, dude. And then I just threw some poly on top, and it was ready to roll. Easy day. That's crazy yeah. though. Like
1: you, cause you could do everything right, sand it perfectly. But like if the state, but
0: if the state doesn't take, that's, you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, like I said, the preparation goes a long way, dude. And I'm very glad that I, uh, you know, I mean, you should always on every project really mind your P's and Q's, but I think, you know, as well as I do that sometimes you can just, you can kind of rush through it a little bit, but when you do slow down and take your time, it's, it's funny how, how much it scratches your back, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. so you just set yourself up for success really. And it's, that's kind of like a, a lesson learned, you know, won't ever skip through. So, you know, it's, it's kind of embarrassing to admit, but I forgot for a period of time over a couple months, this was probably a couple years ago, that you're supposed to blow off like use some compressed air between the grits to clean off the old sanding dust. I'm a little embarrassed that I forgot about that a while back. And I thank God I got my head on the right track and <laughs> remember to start doing that again. But uh yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I don't do it all the time,
1: but I try to.
0: Yeah, I think mean, it's really important. Honestly, it, it helps a lot. And plus, like, especially when you go to apply or finish, you got to make sure all the dust is off of there. Mm-hmm. Um. So that kind of uh, was a project that got picked up recently. And then, oh, you know, actually, hold on. I know you mentioned you were wanting to get a new sander. Are you talking like... I know we t- talked about the square sander for your refinishing project, but are you like not happy with your Festool anymore or what?
1: No, I love that.
0: I love that Festool.
1: Uh, and I've taken good care of it with uh, like sanding pads and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's still working well, but I was like, ah, I don't have anything else to buy for the shop, but. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm gonna laughs> oh, I see. would be nice. But the uh, the table that I got on a Facebook marketplace, it was in oak. It was solid oak table with six chairs all solid oak for a $100 I was like that's a good deal so I was going to refinish them but it's a circular table with two leaves and so it's like the oval table whatever when you put the leaves in and the double pedestal base if you know what Mm -hmm. I'm talking about yeah and it's a ton of contours and I was like you know what I don't want to sand all this i'm not refinishing <laughs> this so i just decided to pull the plug on on that job gotcha just, no interest in wasting a lot of time doing that
0: so on that table i was refinishing i went to i, I talked to you loosely about the general finishes wipe on poly was it i think so uh and i oh no no it was the armor seal general finishes armor seal and I, I elected against using, and I just went with the typical polyurethane, water-based polyurethane finish, which I don't love putting on tabletops, but it was okay for this application. And I was having the worst time applying it, dude. I was using my right sprayer like I always do, and the poly had been in there for a little while, and I, I was like, oh, it's already loaded up, I'll go use it. Oh, no. And it kept just spitting out chunks, you know? Yep. And, and then I was changed. like, why... I was like, oh, let me clean the tip. Let me clean the nozzle. Let me do this. Let me do that. And they would keep spraying. And then I was like, you know what? I might not have thinned or uh, strained this. And I never realized how important that is. I don't know if you messed with that, but you certainly should. Um, so I dumped out the poly into a, a little spare cup I had and then popped in my strainer. And then I dumped the poly back in and it cleared out so many chunks that was in the poly, dude. And that's the biggest problem with that water-based poly is the chunks that come with it. Yep. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah,
1: because I think Total Boat sent me that Halcyon to spray mm-hmm. uh, about a year back, and uh, they sent a bunch of the strainers, so I used them after that. But like up to that point, I didn't, and I don't know, like I don't go out of my way because they probably sent me like thirty of those strainers with the mm-hmm. Halcyon, even though I only used two or three. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that that makes it makes it so much easier.
0: Oh, yeah, and that right sprayer, you know, it's not super top of the line, but it's my go-to for spraying poly, dude. It does a fantastic job. That's the only thing that goes in mine, just poly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've got and the uh, Graco Greco,
1: Greco TC Pro cordless with the DeWalt yep. batteries. That's what I use for paint if I do paint.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I use for the base on this table. That thing works so well. I just I have not figured out how to limit the overspray though. So that's the most that's the only annoying part with that thing. I'm sure I could dial in a bit better, but I mean I always have overspray on stuff, so I have to be really cautious about taping things off and covering them up and whatnot. Um, but yeah, that's my setup as well. Yeah, it's pretty solid. I, yeah, and I, I have to use that to do a barn door coming up this week, painting it white. Nice. Um,
1: Building and painting but, uh, or just b-
0: painting? Yeah, it's it's a super basic one. It's not going to have any of like the typical barn door characteristics, like with the slats and stuff. I'm going to be making it all out of MDF. Um, and then it's just ha- it just has literally trim around the border. Just super basic, painted white. Nothing fancy at all. Um, so that's something exciting I have coming up. And then I recently... Or I guess I need a, I'm going to be starting working on it this week. I got a big deal for 30 charcuterie boards. Um, got a cool shape dialed in for this customer. And then he decided to add, let me see here. I think he added 20 more of a more kind of basic Ooh. rectangle shaped charcuterie board. All walnut, which is super cool. Um, so that'll be fun having that come up. And then kind of busting that out. I mean, I love working with my own templates, as stupid as that sounds. But very excited to get back to my roots kind of and bust out a, a bulk deal like that. I've kind of veered away from them this year. Um, but I do want to kind of bring those back. So this would be cool to uh, get that going again and working with some nice walnut. Very nice client. This fellow owns, he. I guess he works for an ownership group that owns like three huge restaurant chains out mm-hmm. here in Arizona. Yeah. So, that's what they're for. Um, I also have a couple bids out to him for some bigger projects. I think I showed you those knife boxes that he wanted made. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just really nice little walnut boxes with cherry lids. um, And they're used to store different types of knives for their really fancy steakhouse. Um, He wants 25 of those. And I'm hoping to get that job accepted here soon. um, Because that'll be kind of a fun one. But that's kind of all the super exciting stuff I have directly in my uh, upcoming wheelhouse, at least until next episode. But uh, I also, Dog, I, don't, I kind of wanted to talk about what our plan is going forward with the podcast. Yeah. Um, is that something we should talk about and
1: figure out what our plan is before we talk about it on the podcast? <laughs> well, yes, we, let's talk we, about our plan for the
0: podcast. Uh, what well, is our plan for the podcast? <laughs> Yeah, we're just doing it live on the air now, you know, but uh, no, so we have some uh, some really cool guests who have agreed, agreed to be on the show, um, and it's all coming down to scheduling all of them, and I think what we want to do going forward is we want to do an episode of just me and Doggy, and then we'll do a guest episode, and then an episode of just me and Doggy, and then a guest episode, and so on and so forth. Um, and I, I, I'm open to hearing, I'd be very curious to, to see what the listeners have to say about that. I don't know if you prefer guests or prefer not having guests and so on and so forth, but we had a really awesome guest on last week, John Malecki, um, surprisingly didn't get a ton of feedback on that episode. Um, the handful of people who did mention something thought it was a great episode. Um, I know we had a lot of fun. Yeah, I think, I mean, at
1: the end of the day. I'm having fun doing it so you know if not everybody loves it like you know as long as some people <laughs> as long as some people get something out of it and some people enjoy it um, totally and as long as we're having fun doing it let's keep doing it I like the, I like that rotation though that kind of like dr- that drum beat um, one week on one week off with guests and it'll give mm-hmm. us an opportunity to kind of debrief from the week before and if we have that guest lined up for the next week already kind of You know, maybe, you know, tease a little bit about what we're trying to talk about uh, looking forward, Uh, just to try to get a little more scheduled and a little more organized with with the podcast as a whole.
0: But I like it for sure. Yeah. uh, For those listening, Doggy and I, for the most part, just kind of fly by the seat of our pants with this thing. I think we, to be honest, have done a really good job with the way that we uh, have been growing this thing and working on it and whatnot. Um, And now we're just kind of trying to figure out how we can take it to the next level, take it the next step up. I know we chatted recently with Pete from Petrie's Workshop um, and the Another Woodshop podcast. He is going to come on the show at some point. I'm thinking next week we have to wait to hear from him on scheduling. But uh, we're going to do a lot of Etsy talk, which will be kind of cool for those of you who are wanting to grow your Etsy or start an Etsy in general. Um, I know he already has a really good class out in the wild, um, for Etsy, mm-hmm. but it's going to be cool to kind of have him here, pick his brain a little bit. And you guys can also send in whatever questions you have that we can ask him. it will be a pretty good time.
1: Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Pete's been, a, uh, we've known him for a couple of years now. Uh, and then we had mm-hmm. Dan, uh, Dan Dunlap from another woodshop podcast a couple of weeks ago.
0: Uh, so we're just going through the whole AWP crowd. <laughs> I know we're going to come after Mike (laughs) next. I swear. I actually was just talking to Mike the other day. It's so funny. I actually just sent off a quote to a client for a eight foot tall coffin shaped bookcase. And first off, random request like that's not ordinary by any means. But, uh, I, I was like, wait a second. I know someone who just made a coffin shaped bookcase and there's actually two people who recently made a coffee shaped bookcase and that's Mike coffee and, uh, Pat from Pine Baron Pallet Works. So luckily I already have a bunch of, uh, or I guess a couple folks I can reach out to to get some advice on construction tips and all that jazz. But uh, that would certainly be a really unique build coming up. This guy wants, uh, he actually sent me an example picture that was pretty detailed. And it's going to have a, uh, he wants it stained black. So I quoted him basically for full ash construction for the top sides and base kind of deal. And then it's going to have some pretty cool, intricate trimming, all hardwoods the whole way through. And then it's going to have that purple felt backer. And yeah. there's going to be, I think, five shelves in it that are two inches, an inch and a half thick. It's going to be badass, dude. Stained black. Woo. Make some Hope I get it, it, honestly. Room. Yeah, dude. Film myself laying in it when it's just a coffin because I'm going to be dead so do, trying to you, maneuver how, this thing.
1: How do you confirm that this guy's not trying to kill somebody and bury him? <laughs> <laughs> the police dig he wants up a, a custom a, casket police, made, dude. Yeah. The police dig up a coffin that has like Westfall Wood Co., like, you know, engraved on the side.
0: <laughs> oh, that's terrible. But uh, I don't have a good answer for that. So that that's a kind of a fun one that I've worked on recently. Oh, you know what? I kind of want to take a minute to actually answer a quick question, doggy, uh, or ask you a quick question. Yes. Have you ever, have you ever talked to a client? been chatted up back and forth uh you think it's going really well they ask you to quote out a project for them huge project they make you think you're gonna get it so fine and dandy you get your hopes up really high and then they ended up bailing has it ever happened to you
1: yes but normally they don't say they don't want it they just don't respond
0: (laughs) they go with the old-fashioned ghosting
1: ghost how come
0: so how, oh, i'm just curious like what 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 was the situation how did you handle it and uh, what did you learn from it moving forward
1: uh so the first time that happened which they did respond uh, a lady wanted they just opened like a law firm office mm-hmm. and they wanted four matching walnut desks with metal mm. bases and she gave me dimensions on them which you got to get similar colored slabs. You got to, you know, go dig for them. And, uh, right. I they wanted a countertop bar, like height thing for the, like where the secretary was going to sit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, like this is like a $12,000 job by the end of it. Like based on the, the cost of materials and everything. And I think mm-hmm. my quote was like 10, um, which was not cost of materials times three. It would have been more if I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, oh, we were thinking more like 1500 I was like, well, oh we you can't even God. buy half of the slabs for 1500 uh, Like, I think I
0: remember you telling me that. That's just ridiculous. I was ridiculous. so
1: pumped. Like, I was staying up late looking up C Channel, looking up finish. Oh. And I was you know, out of my mind excited. Because some of those projects, are like, oh, this this could be like the next big step for the business, right? Like I, I right. or oh, yeah. an entire office set of furniture. It will be huge. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was an epoxy table, like a river table they wanted, Um, and I think I had a—it was a high quote. It had to be. It was like a ten-foot table, Um, and I think I quoted like four grand, five grand,
0: and there was just no response. (sighs) Dude, Um, I feel both of those scenarios in my heart. (laughs) I just had one of those recently where. I should have known, too, is the worst part. This client, kind of a similar situation. They were used to paying. Uh, it's actually the client I got that walnut board commission for. So I still got a huge commission from them. But there was an even bigger commission. They wanted some butcher blocks made. They oh. wanted t- 25, uh, 24 by 24 end grain butcher blocks. Acacia. And Acacia, yeah. Solid hardwood Acacia butcher blocks. And it was like twelve. Twelve dollars or $14,000 with, with the other charcuterie boards that they still ordered and the knife boxes and stuff. Uh, huge. Like, just huge. Like, that would have dominated my schedule, obviously, for probably a month's time, I think. Uh, month and a half, maybe. Um, and he ha- talked to me up, making me think it's no-brainer, easy-peasy. I was already planning out, I want to buy a drum sander again, finally, use some of the profits towards that, and it'll help me complete the job and then i was just thinking of how much fun i was going to have in the shop buying all the material and getting it loaded up where i was going to store it and you know what else i was going to do with the drum sander once i completed the job and then you know what i was going to you know pocket some of that cash and where i was going to put it and all that stuff where going and then just to... with it <laughs> yeah no i mean it's not it's not necessarily like that but i was just very excited like it was going to be a good one that would really take some stress off you know like kind of fill up the schedule a bit down the line which would be obviously a good thing and then just to get like a like oh no we're good like we'll pass <laughs> i was like damn it dude like i just felt that so hard in my soul shook me to the core i mean i even talked to you about it because it was just recently and it's then, not you, uh, it's
1: me that's what he said
0: yeah basically but uh so that sucks so i mean going forward that that one it's happened a couple times before in the past but nothing on this grand of a scale so definitely a, a, a punch in the gut that i will learn from moving forward and you know not to uh get too excited without any deposits in hand or anything like that so more yeah. of just like a mental thing i guess in that situation
1: yeah i mean i like i still get excited when those those types of Potential jobs come along. Uh, but I've also gotten a lot better about like emotionally detaching from the quote, like, hey, right. this is what it's going to cost. Let me know. Um, and they say no. It's like, okay, whatever. Uh, but there is totally some extent, you know, I'm sitting there with Excel open and a notepad and Amazon and you know, bid well all these different things, looking up pricing, <laughs> and I'm like, "This is gonna be sweet. This is gonna be sweet. I'm gonna buy this tool. I'm gonna buy this dr- new, you know, router bit." And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it's just like nothing. So, right. oh, okay, that sucks. But you know, it is. It's trying to go in with like a healthy level of optimism where you're excited and you want to do it without putting all of your like eggs in that basket. Without kind of, <laughs> have you heard of that saying before? I got to
0: ask. Is, yes. Okay. That, that's not a new one. That's not a new one. <laughs> uh, so I hear you. I I felt that when you said uh, trying to like keep your emotions out of it. That's extremely important in business, obviously. Um, but I – shoot, I lost my train of thought. Fuck.
1: It's just, it's just easier said than done though because I still get excited no matter what.
0: Oh, yeah. And especially – I mean, keeping your emotions out of it is like when you send out a quote that should be way higher that you discounted because you really want the job. It's like, that's just not a good idea. It's not going to help you out in the long run, unfortunately, except for some very specific particular situations. But most of the time you're just selling yourself short, which is not something you should do.
1: Yeah. And we actually talked about this probably last year uh, when we first started recording, but Even as like a part-time woodworker that this is all extra for my income, I can't sell myself short because that's hurting the other woodworkers that are putting quotes out for these same things. If I can do it for $1,000 less, I'm just hurting people that – I'm just hurting the whole trade as a whole, um, the entire trade as a whole. Totally. But but I will also say – and I think we – you and I have talked about this – Uh, on the phone, you know, off, off podcast. But sometimes there's those projects that like, like those desks, like the Walnut desks in the office that if you discount yourself a little bit to take it on and it's well within your capabilities, uh, those are big things to add to your uh, portfolio. Like those are really big jobs that can help you in the long run. And you talked about wholesaling with some big clients for templates. Um, Like sometimes you got to, You got to dig deep and maybe not lose money, but not make as much as you could in order to like gain those big clients and potentially more big clients from that deal. So I think there's something to that. I don't have a calculation. I don't have uh, anything (laughs) that is exact, but
0: sometimes it's like, "Ah, this is worth it to sell a little bit cheaper, Uh, but Mm -hmm. you just got to be careful with that. I think a big, a big thing to uh, a situation where it's definitely a no go is like, if you're, if you're desperate on a job and you quote it low, that's when you're really hurting yourself. Like that is never the answer. I don't think.
1: Well, uh, uh, could you explain that further when you're desperate?
0: Well, I guess, okay, so it's a little different, obviously, because you have, you know, your normal job full time income. But like, let's say I didn't have anything on the books, you know, a week from now, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'd be in trouble, I'd be in hot water. So like, I go out and I reach out to clients from the past who have maybe declined a quote and like, Hey, I'll take off 20%. I'll take off 30%, whatever. Oh. And then you end up doing it like just out of desperation. Cause then what happens if you run into delays or issues on that job and you can't fulfill it. And then you open up a whole new can of worms, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. Like the, the desperation is not a good color on anybody.
0: Um, <laughs> it ain't a good look chief. Yeah.
1: It's like, Oh no, please come back to me. Please come back. <laughs> uh, man
0: i'm definitely not an expert in this situation i've been very fortunate in my business life so far but there's definitely something to be said about it and also i want to kind of highlight back to our episode with john malecki um and that course he puts on if you guys didn't check that out after the last episode you really should because um i've looked into it a lot and i definitely think that i will be uh participating in the class or i guess the I don't even know what kind of word to use for it, but if you haven't checked it out, you really should. Uh, it literally is a jumpstart to an infinite amount of knowledge that you need to have to run a business, to grow your business, to from products to services to custom pieces and so much more. Um, and that's kind of like what we're talking about right now is that it can really help Anybody who is wanting to go full-time or is currently full-time and needs to have a, a, a pointer session, you know, mm-hmm. highly suggest checking it out for that purpose. So, yeah, take that for what that's worth. But uh, back to the topic of the future of the podcast, um, uh, <laughs> should, we, should we name drop some people who are agreed to be on the show? Yeah, let's do it. Um. Once again, scheduling still needs to be ironed out. We haven't worked it that far in advance, but we got Pete coming on hopefully soon. That's going to be huge to talk about Etsy. If you saw our maker spotlight a little bit ago, um, we gave a shout out to Monkey Boy's workshop. And uh, we think that he might uh, pop onto the show. He's going to talk a lot about uh, finding custom client commissions or custom commission clients that'll be a really fun one we got chris Salomone lined up i think we will kind of have topics centered around designing furniture i think that'll be really cool and then of course you know maybe dive into youtube a little bit with him because he's had great success in that space we have izzy swan which will be huge really excited about that one because he's going to talk to us a lot about production Which is something that I'm extremely interested in. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are as well. And it'll be kind of cool having all our different outlooks on that. And I'm excited to obviously learn from the fella. And I think that's it. Did I forget anybody for now? Just me. Just Doggy. We have Doggy on every week. Um, He's an okay guy. Um, He kind of just begs to be on the show. And I oblige. And he does a great job when uh, most of the time. He does a great job most of the time. Sixty percent of the time. One hundred percent of the time. Sixty percent of the time, <laughs> every
1: time. It's Duffy right now. I don't know if you can hear it, but my nose is just totally plugged up. I don't know if it's Dude, allergies. I feel like you're sick what. every other week. I just been, uh, my cousin's niece was over at the house when I was still living there. She's like two, and kids are just oh, pools of gross trees, licking doorknobs and. <laughs> you know toilet seats and all that stuff um but she they left they went back to ohio and like one by one everyone in the house got sick like i got sick then my cousin then his wife then his mom like this little two-year-old just wreaked havoc on the house and (laughs) now i can't get rid of this stuffiness
0: Oh, brother. Well, hopefully you shake it by next week. Um, I think that's about all we got for here today. I think we wrap it up. Episode 26 was a blast. Peace. As usual. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Peace. 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 (laughs) Peace. (laughs) You missed the cue, dude. Come on. I'm the one that sets up the cue. All right. Love y'all. Peace. Bye. Peace.